Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Star Wars Rank. The concept is simple. Me and a guest sit down. We have a topic inside the Star Wars universe, and we each present our top five best, worst, or top five reasons to support the topic. I think you get the idea. Here with me now is my good friend and podcast partner, Joseph Scrimshaw. Oh, I am so happy to be here. Joseph, we have a mission to complete tonight. That's right. We have been recording uh, a look at the prequels, which we're known for. Yes. You first, me following up behind you. Together, we are prequelists. Uh, it, is a, it is a red badge of courage or a <laughs> scarlet letter. Yes. We're soaring in our Jedi starships <laughs> over Coruscant in unison. So as part of Star Wars Ranked, um, to get it launched here on the channel, we started to look at uh, the prequels with the top five reasons to rewatch The Phantom Menace, top five reasons to rewatch Attack of the Clones. We're going to close that out as we would uh, 
what you would expect with the top five reasons to rewatch Revenge of the Sith. Now, as I've said with the previous episodes, and I want to make clear because we might have some new listeners, uh, you might be going to this one before the other two because, you know, Sith is generally considered the, the best of the prequels. Um, we, as prequelists, doesn't mean we are blind to what the prequel movies are, Joseph. No, no, no. We see, we see many, many problems, but we like to see the good parts mm-hmm. and celebrate a, what is awesome about the, these movies and everything that uh, they created in the whole prequel era. Yeah, and uh, We've titled this specifically the top five things you know you need to know are the best reasons to re-watch the prequels. We're hoping that maybe some of you will, will sit down with our thoughts in your head, and we're not just telling you to accept Jar Jar at face value or Darth Maul was cool. Uh, there's some cool moments and some heavier themes and bigger themes. We want you to just kind of watch it again. As the ads said for the special editions in the mid-90s, see it again for the first time. Exactly. Make your cocktail parties where you talk about Star Wars more interesting. Because we all know so very well what is bad about the prequels. Yeah. Here's some things that are good. Right. So, five reasons. Counting them up from five to one. Joseph, get us started. Oh, boy. Yeah. This this whole thing. You well, first of all, before we even dive in, you this is tough for you. This is real. You had like, a lot to choose from. A lot of uh, this is almost physically painful because I, I had some choices. I rewatched the move. I put it on. Okay. And I made my list as I watched it. But you had a lot. I rewatched it in my mind as we're recording this. My wife is away for a week. Yeah. I cooked a frozen pizza. I just stared it in the oven and I replayed <laughs> Revenge of the Sith in my mind. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I really love this movie. I think it is the best of the prequels. It's got the, the best things and the things that resonate with me. And my number five mm-hmm. is something huge and yeah. a reason to rewatch Revenge of the Sith is every single frame of Obi-Wan Kenobi. All of it. Every single one in this film. Not a bad frame of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, I know you are a fan of Obi-Wan Kenobi. You would also like to see an Obi-Wan Kenobi film. Absolutely. And I would like that largely because Revenge of the Sith. Obi-Wan Kenobi finally comes into his own. Mm -hmm. This movie is Anakin's story, but it's Obi-Wan Kenobi's movie. Right. And I will start with the very superficial of finally Obi-Wan Kenobi looks cool <laughs> in finally finally two movies and we've talked about him on the other list here yeah his name has popped up no secret we're Kenobi fans but yeah yeah finally Ewan McGregor knocks this out of the park throughout is right. an actor throughout the prequels he's got the weird spiky I'm playing soccer in 1988 hair with a Padawan braid in Phantom and it still looks pretty cool <laughs> saddled with a, a disturbing mullet like thing yeah. in Attack of the Clones oh, but yeah. this his beard is perfect. Mm-hmm. His hair is cool. He's got the kind of classic Alec Guinness robes. He's got the classic Obi-Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. lightsaber. He looks so sharp and so cool throughout it. And then uh, there's a lot that kind of connects him to Alec Guinness. Yep. He's got the hello there. Yep. That he gives to General Grievous, uh, which is apparently just how he uh, how he greets droids yeah, of any yeah, kind. Yeah. Uh, he has the disliking blasters when he finally mm, destroys General so Grievous. So uncivilized. So uncivilized, but a, a really cool uh, battle. Uh, I love all of his lightsaber fights. Other people make fun of mm. his weird fighting pose. Right, but you like this pose. I love it because we're being told the story that he is an unwilling fighter. He'd rather be hanging out at Dexter Jetster's <laughs> diner, just... <laughs> Hanging out and being cool and yeah, reading would, stuff in the Jedi archives. Yeah. <laughs> He'd rather be having a drink and tracking down lowlifes who sell death sticks. <laughs> but he is a man of duty. He's a man of honor. He's been sent to war, and he's got his his forms down. Right. And this is his, ah, I wish you hadn't pissed me off, but you did. So now I got to pull my lightsaber out and make the weird two-finger gesture <laughs> over my head at you. I don't say I don't make fun of it. I just, every time I see it, even now look at it just gonna go huh <laughs> yeah see to me it just it has purpose it has the like mm-hmm. i don't want to fight but okay here we go mm-hmm. this is my now, i'm gonna mess you up pose i know some people out there might say hey it's it's form what number yes. seven it's form this I, I never admittedly never got into the lightsaber forms and all that stuff is 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 that form in your mind, Joseph? Is it him kind of like Babe Ruth calling his shot in the 1934 World Series, where really Babe wasn't predicting him hitting home run? He might have been like pointing at the pitcher. I'm yeah. going to get you. 
next shots going up out of, out of, out of over the fences. Was that Kenobi kind of pointing at Grievous, being like, "All right." Yeah, I think it is. This is not my choice, but I must. Okay. And now this is going away from the movie, mm-hmm. but like a deep dive on the novelization, he oh. was a ma- Obi-Wan Kenobi was a master of the defensive form. Oh. And if you watch the whole movie with that, like that mm-hmm. idea of like, you, we, we send you to go get Grievous, the guy who has four arms and goes crazy <laughs> with lightsabers, because you're not about offense. You're about right. defense. Eh. And that tracks through to even when he defeats Anakin. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, because that that keeps in his practices. He kind of keeps pure to the Jedi. Yeah. The Jedi, he's not a great Jedi. Yeah. You know Luke's great line in Return of the Jedi? Mm -hmm. That's the last mistake you'll ever make to Jabba when he's like, I offered you and said, Uh, do this or or we'll have to kill you. Great line. That is the spirit of Obi-Wan's gesture to me when I watch the movie. Um, He's like, I don't want to do this, but all right. You pushed me. This is happening. Yeah. Uh, okay. In all, I love his fights with uh, uh, the with General Grievous. With mm-hmm. his fights, all of his moves against the the Magna Guards, the yep. dropping the big thing on them. Uh, his uh, Vractal riding the boga. <laughs> I like the boga. I like him riding I'm it. Okay with the boga. I get it's it's one of the weirder things, and it it might cause some people to jump off the Sith train, but it just it was it was different. Yeah, but I mean, beasts of burden. What's new about that in Star yeah. Wars? Yeah, it's a beast of burden in a sinkhole planet. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I like. It. <laughs> Get on board. Yeah, this rectal named Boga. I, I felt sorry for for Boga falling to his death. That's true. Yeah, it's a, one of the many tragedies. Yeah, which of we'll this mention film. later. Yeah, yeah, and then so I could go on and on about Obi Wan mm. Kenobi. So uh, the the last thing I want to mm. say is he's just he does have a lot of cool lines. I love Sith lords are a speciality. Right. But the big thing is like he sells some hard to sell moments. And no matter what else do you think of the movie, the you were a chosen one speech yes. is powerful yes. and painful. It encapsulates everything that Anakin did wrong and everything that we as lovers mm-hmm. of Star Wars, the tragedy. It encapsulates the tragedy. I mean, for anyone, you know, who's on the fence about Sith, they always will, will go to that final, maybe the last 30, 40 minutes of the film. Yeah. It gets it gets darker. Now, you know, you could make a snide comment about the high ground and all that stuff in the fight, but I agree with that. That, that fight, though or over-choreographed in some sense, yeah. um, is two people at the height of their powers uh, with a lot of skills going at it. It makes some sense. And there's not just some cool blade stuff in that fight, and I know we're not, we're talking about Obi-Wan and not the fight, but just getting into it, like them choking each other and lot of force yeah. and cool things but yeah it's all kind of sold to that you were the chosen one moment it's it's kind of the midpoint of star wars in, in a way if, if you look at all six stories yeah. of the original trilogy franchise um original trilogies uh that is the key emotional hook in all six of them yeah it is this man who sacrificed a lot of what he believed. And we talked about the maturation of Obi-Wan and accepting someone else's, you know, goals. Qui-Gon was the one who wanted to train Anakin. Uh, Obi-Wan didn't. So he accepted that goal and, and, it, and it pays off in that particular moment. Yeah, I have failed you. Yeah. He tried. Yeah, so I mean, so you, you get the great quips, you get the great action, he, he looks yeah. great, and he carries the emotion of this part of the epic Star Wars tale. Yeah, and then you get to see him know and decide to go into hiding. Yep. Which is, uh, you know, at again, at the top of his game, he's going to go be an old crazy hermit. <laughs> and there's so much out there we don't know yet. Oh, and I want to know more. I want there to be more yeah. so much. Yeah. Now, with the, the preview for that Rebels episode that's going to have... Uh, Kenobi and Maul, which mm-hmm. at the time of this recording has not come out yet. We haven't seen it. But you got that little preview. He's kind of got the same form, right? He does the form, yeah. yeah and I'm, you excited about that? Oh, so oh, excited. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Bridges, uh, obviously, he's much more Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan yeah. at that point. Yeah. But man, I love that because I'm sure he's got the same attitude of like, yeah. I'm not flying around the galaxy trying to find you to settle some yeah. decades old score. But if you're going to come to me, if you're going to come near young Luke Skywalker, yeah, I got to do my defensive form. Love it. I love it. And it definitely completes the the Obi-Wan trilogy uh, of stories in these movies. You yeah. know, he has he's a key component in each one of them as he should be and he grows and and this is definitely that's uh, I think all of them but particularly this movies when you look at it and go give you McGregor one more chance. Yes, exactly. He give him his it. own juicy movie. 
Okay, so that's number five. Obi-Wan Kenobi would make sense that everything about him would be on your mind <laughs> as you watch Revenge of the Sith. My number five, a little smaller scale, but it is just as big and grand from a certain point of view. It is the Battle of Coruscant. Mm-hmm. And this I'm going to include the opening crawl. Okay. Um, war! War! Exclamation point. I love that. It's one of my favorite. Luke Skywalker's Vanished might be my favorite crawl now. Yeah. Um, opening sentence. But for uh, maligned prequels yeah. that were ve- already maligned by this point, <laughs> you got Trade Federation blockades, and then you got whatever's Attack of the Clones is about. It was like Lucas going, you finally earned it, fans. This is it. War. This is the movie you wanted to see the whole time. Yeah. The Sith soundtrack, all of the soundtracks uh, to the prequels, Williams brought his A-game for this. No doubt about it. Um, And the Sith one is probably my favorite of of the prequel soundtracks by far, which makes sense. It's being the best one of the bunch of the movie-wise. And this opening, that music, gong, gong. Gong gong! These drums, these pounding like a tribal warrior beat, yeah. is is unlike any beginning of Star Wars to me. They all start pretty small outside of New Hope. True, you know, uh, New Hope is iconic. It is it is the opening image we're all aware of. But don't don't forget, Empire started with probes being launched. Yep. Jedi started with like, what's your code clearance? <laughs> uh, Phantom Menace started with like, what's your code, what's your clearance, code clearance? Basically, yeah. Force Awakens starts with, you know, ships landing. Yep. I love the opening shot. Actually, I got to say, Abrams, uh, one of my favorite things was that shot of kind of looking up at the ship and then the mo- blocks the moon. And, right. And everything. Great stuff. So but it continues the tradition, but makes yeah. it different. Rogue One, different, different. Um, boom, boom, but even then, slow. It's a ship landing. Yep. This is the only one to date that starts with war. Yep. Star Wars. And that great shot of Anakin and Obi-Wan and their little Jedi starfighters flying over that cruiser. And um, that turn, when they go down and to the left, and you see the Battle of Coruscant in the air from that perspective, yep. one of my favorite shots in all of Star Wars. It's powerful when you think yeah. it's peaceful, and then they plunge into just chaos and death and horror. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's what that's this one war. is about. Now, it's no longer canon, but uh, Labyrinth of Evil, which was, uh, I think Lucino wrote that one. Yeah. Gosh, I always forget. But yeah, I believe he did. Um, leads right up to that moment. And it's, I wonder if they'll ever make, like, I wonder, could you just correct a couple <laughs> chapters and turn some of these books canon? Yeah. Like Plagueis too. All right, throw in some new stuff that you want to make sure gets in there, but just kind of do a cover a cover of the book, a yeah. cover song of a good book. Labyrinth of Evil is a pretty good book because it's a search for um, Sidious, and, and it has a lot to do with they're getting so close. At one point, he's revealed to a dying uh, clone trooper who you know gets shot with one of those sonic guns. His innards are being destroyed, and he looks up, and he sees it, and he's like, oh, and you hear his mind. He's you're, you're inside his brain and he's like it oh my gosh it goes all the way to the oh and he dies you know? <laughs> so it ends with the battle of coruscant starting yeah. and i'll still accept that moment as kind of head cannon cannon okay it, it and and it's, and it's an intense start because it's like an ev- it's like like an old world war ii the, the bombs on on england you know you hear stuff just happening batteries are shooting down at them from these cruisers and 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 it's chaotic and so to read that book and then to go into sith and this moment, it just it sinks up so well for me. That's why I really don't like that that moment isn't canon in the book. Oh, books. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this opening shot and then flying down. Now, I will say it devolves a little bit for me. One of my least favorite moments is Anakin shooting the outside of the cruiser, destroying the shield. Yeah. Ah, no, no. And then it, then it goes into... Some poor design, for sure, yeah. on the Separatist part. Yeah. Then it goes into a little different area, R2 being some, you know, comedy with oil and uh, one of my least favorite <laughs> lines, though, I, though it's one of my least favorite to the point that I like it, is when the two super battle droids hear R2, <laughs> what's that? That nothing. Like, what? They're dumb? The droids don't even... They can't speak in full sentences? Um, so... Uh, I just think, you know, before those moments, this opening is still one of my favorites. It gives me those nerd chills. And when you look at Rogue One and say, hey, the final 45 minutes to an hour is geeked up Star Wars, just fights and crazy stuff. This was a little sliver of that that I don't think can be overlooked. And it's narratively powerful because... Anakin and Obi-Wan flying in perfect unison immediately catches us up of they have been at war forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anakin is a Jedi now, but they're still in sync. They're insanely Mm -hmm. in sync. And I think one of the most successful moments in the prequels 
of showing Anakin being a good person mm-hmm. who loves Obi-Wan and doesn't want to leave him behind. And Obi-Wan's just yeah. like, uh, I'll eject or whatever. I, my ship is destroyed with buzz droids. And Anakin's just like, no, mm-hmm. I'm not leaving you behind, Master. Like, yeah. that, there's some really good storytelling woven into this insane mm-hmm. war in space. War in space. And when you hear... Obi-Wan later on say to Luke, you know, your father was a, was already a great pilot, you know, um, you could say that's about his pod racing as a kid or whatever, but you know, to have Obi-Wan has this in the back of his mind. Yeah. Oh, there was a time he saved me with uh, his ship knocked up buzz droids, like <laughs> crazy stuff, crazy yeah. stuff. And I just think that fight is uh, part of the fun of Star Wars for me is the war. And part of it is just that cool stuff that would still make you as an eight-year-old go, wow. And that opening with the music song and the turn of the ships is worth rewatching. It's a wow moment for sure. Absolutely. That is my number five. Five's out of the way. Number four. Joseph, what do you have? Number four, I'm going deep and weird like oh, I like to. yeah. Uh, That's why you're on the team. <laughs> number four is a little bit of a George Lucas validation. My number four is... The poetry. Ooh. Now, George Lucas has said multiple times, pretty famously on some behind the scenes, you know, it's like, a, it's poetry. It all kind of rhymes. Uh, and everybody... We love George, by the way. We do. We do. We like doing his voice. It's because, fun voice. you know, we do comedy and voices. Comedy. <laughs> Validation. Uh, but everybody makes fun of him for that poetry line. Mm-hmm. And some every once in a while, it does seem like he's just saying like, oh, well, this rhymes with this because it does. But right. Revenge of the Sith... The poetry is legitimate and powerful. That idea of the prequels and the original trilogy are composed of a bunch of rhyming stanzas. Yeah. Uh, And there are some moments that are super successful in just mirroring the path of Luke versus the path of Anakin, Mm. the path of Anakin versus the path of Vader. In specific, the great scene uh, on the invisible hand when they get on this ship Mm. uh, and Obi-Wan has been knocked out and, uh, Palpatine asks Anakin to kill Dooku mm. exactly the mm-hmm. same way he encourages Luke to later kill Vader. Right. And we just get to see that great direct mirror. Palpatine is in the chair with a similar window behind them. He has orchestrated an event where without telling his apprentice, mm-hmm. he's trying to get a younger, more powerful apprentice to kill the previous apprentice. Right. And we see the way that Anakin handles it. Yeah. We even have the hand sever of the previous apprentice by the young apprentice. Yeah. And, and you got even you know, the throne. It all looks, you know, clearly Palpatine has an interior design style he likes. <laughs> like, this is the look that I need <laughs> when I'm converting yeah. a new yeah. apprentice by taking yeah. out the old apprentice. I'm going to improve on this, but keep it the same. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it is, uh, yeah, so that, that whole, mm-hmm. just, and it, you know, when you're thinking, like, what's the difference between Luke and Anakin? It's those choices, those mm-hmm. moments, uh, and they're put in the exact same position by the same manipulative mastermind mm-hmm. and handle them entirely differently. Uh, and then we also have uh, the, the, it's not as obvious, but a moment where Anakin must choose between Palpatine and a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And the fate of the galaxy depends on mm-hmm. his choice. Yeah. He chooses to save Palpatine from Mace Windu. Right. Uh, and for all right. of these selfish reasons. Right. And that really mirrors in Return of the Jedi when he has a choice to save Luke or take out Palpatine. Yeah. And he finally makes the other decision. I mean, uh, I mean, just to break that down in a simple way, I mean, yeah, it just it does kind of have a power to it that you kind of can overlook. If you're just focusing on Palpatine screaming unlimited power, which is unintentionally hilarious and, and also kind of cool because it's super Palpatine. enjoyable and ridiculous. Yeah, but the, the 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 poetry of that scene is is pretty powerful if you stop and think. Yeah, in that Anakin expresses, "I need him," meaning yeah. Palpatine. Yeah, you know, for these selfish attachment reasons and, mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, and then the sort of the the mirror, or the poetry, or the rhythm of that. Of, right. He knows he might die if he takes out Palpatine, you know, but yeah. does he need Luke? Um, and then just the the whole prequel trilogy tells the story of the attachments, but Revenge of the Sith drills down on all Anakin really wants. He's got some anger issues. He's got some pride issues. Mm-hmm. He's got some beef with the Jedi, but he just wants the power to keep the people he loves alive. In the whole movie, he makes... All of these mistakes in a desperate and flawed attempt to do that. Right. In taking all of Revenge of the Sith as a mirror of Return of the Jedi, which right. are mirrors, 
yeah. that he ultimately succeeds by doing the right thing and ultimately saving someone he loves. He saves Luke, right. finally, in doing this actually selfless thing instead of doing selfish things, selfish things to yeah. try to save people he loves. And it finally works. Uh, and then there's even mirrors within itself the idea of somebody being too dangerous to live, that that's yeah. how Palpatine talks him into cutting Dooku's head off. Yeah. And then that makes Windu says that exact line back to him about Palpatine. So it's mm. sort of like a mirrors within mirrors and poetry within poetry mm-hmm. and is sort of a, a, a over the top is poetry mm. sounds. I think mm. it's really true about Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And all of those moments and those reflections add to the whole power of the Star Wars story. Do you, do you think do you think the Star Wars ring theory is true on some level unintentionally or how much how much I mean what you're describing Lucas had to have thought of. Yeah. He had to have put it in there. Oh, yeah. I think that Lucas absolutely did specific mm-hmm. mirrors, New Hope to Phantom Menace, Attack to Empire, and Sith yeah. the Jedi, for sure. And I think some of those mirrors are the most obvious between Sith and Jedi. Right. I like a lot of the ring theory ideas. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the spirit of it is true. I think some of them are kind of reaching. Of like, right. this thing comes in from the right side of the frame. So does this, this thing. This, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah that, well, a lot of things come in from the right side of the frame. Uh, I, I agree with you there. And, and, and I love that you can find a way, as you do, Justin, to, to add so many layers to it that I think are easy to overlook. I mean, the Mace Windu scene it's, it, in itself is just... Uh, you know, yeah, it's not his son. It's different, but you see him making in Jedi those uh, that moment's almost in his head now. Yeah. Now I don't need a special edition. No, but um, <laughs> it's all internalized, and it's, yeah. he's been there before. It reminds me, and hearing you describe it, it reminds me of the that YouTube thing that went uh, went around. It's still out there where Obi Wan and uh, on Tatooine and New Hope talking to Luke about his father and the past, and oh, and then reflecting, and, and, ref- and then they cut in the shots of the prequel. It, it, it makes the prequels look pretty powerful. If yeah. you're just seeing those little moments in Obi Wan's head, yeah, Obi Wan is seeing what the truth was and then deciding exactly how to parse it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, powerful. Yeah, it's yeah. powerful. So, so poetry, man. The poetry, poetry that's man. That's my number four. <laughs> so my number four is um, interesting. You mentioned his name. Uh, it is Mace Windu yeah. being right. <laughs> now, I think throughout the entire prequels, Mace Windu has a track record of saying things very simple, straightforward, and dour that are completely uh, kind of... Uh, Bad, I mean, sad, depressing, Debbie Downer-like <laughs> predictions that are all true. And it all comes together here. Even in Attack of Clones, you know, do you, do you think we should put those two together? I don't know. Bad my and Anakin. Seems like they're two young, hot things. They might That might cause some problems. Like, all the way through. All the way through. <laughs> yeah. Even back in the beginning. Mace is kind of right. And I think it's a, it all comes together. And the big reward for Mace is his apparent horrible death. <laughs> apparent, you say. You know, he, it's not that he didn't, well, he didn't trust Anakin, but you know, that moment of, look, if what you've said is true, Anakin, you've earned my trust um, because I know in my head, I've been right for a long time. Uh, Let me go handle this. And, you know, in all intents and purposes, by the way, Mace defeated Palpatine in my my head. Now, Palpatine could have been playing and was at one point playing possum, but I think fight-wise, Mace had him. Oh, yeah. Mace had him before Anakin walked in there. Yeah. He, that great scene of uh, Palpatine uh, skittering across yes. the, the windowsill. Yes. That's before Anakin walks in. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I totally accept that. So, so to see this, to see literally, you know, Anakin fills in the final puzzle. But even in this Labyrinth of Evil book, I don't know. I did not plan to keep mentioning this book as much <laughs> as I thought today. I'll bring up the novelization of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, Mace is kind of the one kind of like, we're this close. I think it's, you know, and he talks about Attack of the Clones, too, of just like, you know, there's something going on. Yeah. It's closer than we think. We're not feeling the Force. So some kind of Yoda. And I think Yoda's the one who's like, ah, worry, you should not. Yeah. Jedi just arrogant now. Meditate. Um, we will. Meditate, we will. So to see, I think, to, to, to watch it, um, I wonder at any point in Mace's brain, as he's <laughs> falling to his death without a hand, and he's electrocuting him, he's still being electrocuted, electricity coursing <laughs> through his, his body, he's like, I knew it. I knew it. That all would be along. so great if instead of no, you heard him shouting, I told you. So to see it tragically come uh, come to full fruition in this movie. Yeah. It's one of the reasons you should rewatch it. <laughs> yeah. He sensed a plot to destroy the Jedi. Yeah. 
And yeah. we kind of laugh at that line, but if you do take it not as uh, heavy-handed from the creators, but if you take it as the rest of the Jedi are like, hmm, yeah, well, Palpatine, maybe it's, oh, hmm, but he's the one who actually senses there's an entire plot. It's not just that Palpatine is yeah. the Sith. There's a plot to destroy the Jedi, and he sensed it. Right. He's got it. He's got points. Yeah. Fortunately, you're dead, Mace, but you got points. <laughs> maybe. You know, I don't know. I don't think he ever pops back up. I don't want him. I, I don't think so. I don't want him. Sadly. To. All right, so that's number four. Number three on the list, Joseph. Number three for me is a little bit more straightforward, a little bit more just sort of enjoying the Star Wars for the war, as you've been discussing, and yep. that is Yoda moves. Yoda moves, working on the Yoda moves. Yoda has so many sweet moves. Now, in the prequel trilogy, yeah. Yoda being an expert swords thing sword thing swords person <laughs> mm-hmm. swordsman swords person uh swords whatever alien yoda is mm-hmm. uh you know people are torn on it in attack the clones like uh, would it maybe been more elegant if he didn't use a lightsaber he just used the force and anyway. does it look really cool or does it yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh so attack the clones you you can have mixed feelings about yoda's moves in revenge of the sith are uh literally killer yeah. So many cool moves. He has the sensing of Order 66. Ooh, the yeah. spin where he just takes the two clone scout troopers Vicious. heads off. Yeah. Just a spin. Think. Yeah, so no no uh, potentially silly, depending on where you come down in the argument, bouncing around like he does with Dooku. Mm-hmm. Just a spin. Two heads gone. Yeah. Survives Order 66. Yeah. When uh, Yoda and Obi-Wan come back to Coruscant and need to fight their way to the Jedi Temple, the short but beautiful battle with the clones where he throws his lightsaber into the heart of a clone, the sword in the clone, and then scampers up his body before it falls to death to get his lightsaber back and then does a little flick like, yeah. I yeah. did that. That I remember seeing that moment in the theater for the first time, and the crowd reacted pretty positively to that. Oh, it's vicious! It's vicious! And they're fighting, man. It's vicious, and it doubles down on what Revenge of the Sith is about. It's like uh-huh. these are characters who are not messing around anymore, right? And perhaps my favorite. Uh, it is a GIF I look at often uh, and, and retweet pretty often. Mm-hmm. Uh, the force push of the Senate guards when he walks that. into Palpatine's office and he just has that casual, this, okay. this is nothing to me. Yeah. And they both just slam up against it. That's one of those, like, uh, you know, any kind of superpowers, the force, a part of the fun is mm-hmm. imagining that yeah. of like, uh, what, what if I could handle problems with a flick of my hand? And this is a moment where Yoda, Palpatine's little yeah. green friend, Your little green just friend. the tiniest of gestures, wham. It's a battle of two titans. Yeah. And it's underrated. I think the focus is obviously on Anakin and Obi-Wan's fight. But Palpatine versus Yoda, that's pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, it's got some spinning around if you don't like Yoda spinning around. Yeah, it's it's got got some some, silly, but... It's got some good force moves when he catches the the Senate pod and he spins it with the force and sends it flying back. And it's fun, especially if you you didn't like the politics, especially in Phantom Menace, to see them destroying that Senate chamber... (laughs) Yeah. It's got to be a little bit of fun for you. Absolutely. You absolutely. Know? Yeah. I mean, so I, I, in terms of like reasons to rewatch Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. rewatch it, imagine it is an action movie starring Yoda. Because right. Yoda is a little badass, right down to dropping badass lines like that. <laughs> if so powerful are you, why do you run? Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. That's not exactly right. But just like... At an end, your reign is. Yeah, he's yeah. talking smack. Yes. He is a little action hero. It, so. is, a, it is a co-main event, really, yeah. if you think about it. In the final Yoda move, yeah. he does ride Chewbacca. That's which is true. also a cool and weird Yoda move. That's true. Which is, uh, and we get this question a lot on Twitter, and I think one day we'll finally do some big roundtable philosophical conversation. We'll bring in some folks. Um, is does Chewie at any point tell Han, "Ah, <laughs> Jedi are real. One rode on my back." Yeah, like the the most powerful Jedi ever rode me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I watched him take off and um, all that fun. So that he is, said he was going to miss me. That is your number three. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, my number three is the emotional tug <laughs> of Order 66. Oh, yeah. Now, to this day, and I know Clone Wars has gone a lot into the backstory of the Order and um, uh, the chips and all that stuff. I, to this day, don't understand why we needed to call it Order 66. Oh, really? I don't understand. One through 65, what's going on? I, I, You know, and if there's an answer in canon or old canon or legends, I don't even care, Joseph. Yeah. It just was a, a weird choice to me to be okay. like, at some point, that's okay. Do you feel it sounds like a sandwich order? It does, and I have, and I've seen other people do this. I, like a Del Taco. One day, I got my number was Order sixty six. <laughs> Loved it. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it just seemed. I'm going back to the first time you see it. Yeah, and you've heard your whole life as a Star Wars fan that Vader helped the Empire and the Emperor specifically hunt down and kill the Jedi. Yep. And it turns out, well, that was jump started by the clones. Now thin the herd. Thin yeah. the herd. Execute Order sixty six. I remember the theater was like, "What is that? What?" Yeah. <laughs> so I say that to to say that hey, you know, prickles aren't perfect, and that's something I, I've never really fully I've accepted it. But I was always like, that was a moment. I was like, huh. But what I can't deny is what came next when it starts to happen. Yeah. And the clones turn on these people and creatures and, and Jedi that they've been fighting alongside with. And you see it in the Clone Wars. And you read it in some of the novelizations, canon or otherwise, now legends. The Jedi, at first, 
just thought of these guys as clones, you know, that were just fodder. They were fodder. Yeah, Jedi didn't want to be there. And then they learned of what these clones, these people were doing and the sacrifices they were making and the bonds they formed with each other. And the Jedi kind of followed suit. Yeah. So to see them too, starting with Commander Cody. Yeah. When if you watch the Clone Wars, they do such a good job of Cody and Rex are the big clones, and, and Cody and Obi Wan are there. Yep. And in the beginning, before Obi Wan t- heads down to Utapau, he's Utapau. He's he's uh, he's talking to Cody, and they have a little friendly jokes between them. Yep. You know, Cody hands him the lightsaber. You forgot this, sir. And then the order comes through. The chip is activated, and it starts there with the the creature, the 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 boga. Uh, boga is the name. Vractal's the Vractal. creature. Yeah, boga. Poor Boga falls to his death. That starts, it's like, what's happening? Yeah. Obi-Wan, you know he's not going to go, but this poor creature's dying. So it starts even with that. When animals die, it gets, it's bad. Yeah. But then the way it's executed is one of my favorite things of Sith and the prequels and Star Wars at whole. Just it plays out with a good music cue. Um, Ayla Secura, the death was executed a little weird on screen. Yeah. <laughs> not my favorite. But just the concept of her with her soldiers on Felucia. Uh, Plo Koon being shot out of the sky. Uh, yeah. Sad. This is a guy who discovered and initially trained Ahsoka Tano, who was considered one of the more powerful Jedis. And then um, the one that gets me more than any of them is Kiati Mundi. Right there with you. On my Gito, uh, just that they capture it so well. Silas Carson, the actor, does such a great job in that moment of the feet of the clone stop. And that look Ugh. in his face when he recognizes it, and he gets a couple couple swings in. I'm sorry, it's an emotional st- it's an emotional run. And yeah, we grew up expecting maybe something a little different from yep. this moment. And this one ends controversially with Anakin and the younglings. But I also say Vader marching in with the the five hundred first later on. That's a great image too. It's amazing. All of it is part of this these clones turning on their masters, their generals, and the and, and the Yoda one too. You know Yoda's not going to go, but to see it play out in that kind of vicious way, it's all it's in a big emotional tug, and it and it's worth the price of admission. Absolutely, it is really well uh, done. I was going to say well executed. That's awful. Um, I, yeah. I like Order 66. You like, like the number? I like the number. I'm, yeah. like I said, I'm totally fine with it now. You know, there's there's kind of like geek history with numbers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, with like 42 from Life of the Universe and everything. And, mm-hmm. uh, Rule 36, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, I might even got that wrong. I can't even remember what the rule is. But, yeah, I, Order 66 just has a, a ring to it. I mean, it's, it it's does. one number short of the sign of the beast. It sure, nasty. sure. Order 66. Uh, but, yeah, every, you know, and I think... Uh, in terms of rewatching, Wait, do you think they tried other takes? Order seventy eight, execute order fifty two. That would be amazing with George Lucas. Like, yeah, that line delivery was a little flat, but uh, we'll keep going. But uh, Ian McDermott, I need you to say every number <laughs> every between one. Execute order one. <laughs> execute order one. Yeah, that would have been a little note yeah. on the nose. Order sixty six right. has a little. It has, it has okay. a rhythm to it. In terms of rewatching, mm-hmm. uh, there's also poignancy in the Jedi having gone through this whole war that they didn't want to do. Right. And thinking that they're, they weren't in the middle of the battles. They were in cleanup yeah. because Dooku was dead. Yeah. Obi-Wan had just taken out Grievous. Right. All those Jedi were doing were cleanup, and they were going to be able to wrap this up and bring back peace. Yeah. It even makes it more bittersweet. You were right there. Yeah. And just, yeah, the, the, you're right. The look on Kiati Mundi's face yeah. when he realizes the horror, that, that's beautiful and powerful. And some more poetry. Uh, as uh, Silas Carson also has a similar look on his face at the very beginning of Phantom Menace <laughs> when he gets blown up on the Radiant 7. Yeah, yeah. the pilot. Yeah, that's right. So that uh, Silas Carson has given us many great faces of death. He's died three times in Star Wars films. <laughs> yes. Uh, when Newt Gunray goes? Yeah. Yep. So, oh, wow. Yeah. If that's, is that a record? That's got to be a record. It's got to be a record for Star Wars deaths. Yeah. yeah. Three separate character deaths portrayed by one man. Yeah, so Order 66, uh, okay. very powerful. Yeah, the emotional talk. Definitely worth it. Uh, it. It gets you going. It gets a little tear down your cheek. But number two. Now, here's where our list gets. Um, we're going to sync up. Yes, yeah, right. You and I <laughs> share the same number two. And I think people listening might be. I'll just say it would be surprised that this isn't our number one. But there's some yeah. reasons why. But number two is the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise as told at the Mon Calamari Opera House. Yes. 
and you and I both, we wanted to sync this up. We knew it was going to be in our list. Yeah, of course. It is without a doubt not just the best moment of Sith and the prequels. It is, for me, uh, possibly a top ten. Definitely a top ten. On, on a On a certain day, it might be top five. Yeah. Moments, scenes. Uh, sequences in Star Wars. Absolutely. You know, as you've been uh, discussing in Spotlight Star Wars, you know, we're there for the Mm -hmm. wars, we're there for the lore, but sometimes we are there for the meaty scenes, the Mm -hmm. interactions. And Sith is one of the, the movies where, like, Lucas had a lot of fun with Phantom Menace. He had a lot of fun with Attack of the Clones. He threw a lot of stuff in. And then Sith... I think is sometimes better because he realized I have to tell the story of Anakin's fall mm-hmm. and I need to take my time with it. And that's what is amazing about this scene is that it is, uh, it has a lot to give us nerd chills for his star mm-hmm. Wars fans, mm-hmm. but it is just a well-played scene between two actors about seduction mm-hmm. about one person is knowing and powerful. The other person is vulnerable and doubting. Yeah. And the other, the first person just preys on the second person. And that is, that is horrific yeah. and fun to watch as humans. We understand it on a primal level. And that's what makes it seem good when you kind of... It's surrounded by weird details. Yes. But it's primal. You know, don't right. listen to him, Anakin. Yeah. And as I've said on other things, everything else that happens in the movie, great. You can debate. But that scene shows you why Anakin falls. Absolutely. Does. You got it. Curtain down. Yeah, and I'm one of the people that think that the actual turn later on happens kind of clumsy and fast. And, yeah. Um, do I like some of the moments? I like uh, henceforth you'll be Darth Vader. Kind of over the top and silly, but the Emperor's kind of over the top. Yeah, yeah the, the, the practically like lion yeah. roars mixed into the background. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I'm fine with it. But but I understand. Like for me, it was like, oh, he oh he dropped to his knees. Okay, he's oh he's Darth Vader. Okay, but I think part of the reason it happens there. Is because of what happens here? Absolutely. It actually, this is the moment. Yeah. And we don't know. The conversation goes on and we're not there for it. So who knows what else was said? Yeah. You know, like from, from the moment. And, and I got to think it's, it's some of uh, McDermott's best work. He kills it in Jedi. Um, but uh, in Sith here, uh, you know, it's uh, he's over the top a lot again. Uh, unlimited powers, pretty over the top. Super over the top. But uh, I think this scene sells it for me. And that line read of not from a Jedi, when I saw it in the trailers, was, ooh, this is going to yeah. be good. And it still holds up for me today. Yeah. I also like, uh, there's so many nuances to it. Mm-hmm. And Palpatine knows that he is close to reeling Anakin in. He's got him to kill Dooku. He's got yeah. him to confide in him that he slaughtered the Tusken Raiders. He knows he's right. <laughs> right. He right. knows his, his massive plan with the clones is coming to fruition. So he's starting to feel more mm. bold. Yeah. And it's told in little ways. If he's still playing the nice old patriarch would like to give up power when he's done, right. but his viciousness is showing. The way he turns to the rest of the people in the the ballet box and just says, leave us. Yeah. There's that. like a little bit of viciousness yeah. in it. Yeah. In the way he almost seems a little in love with what he's talking about. Yes. But, you know, it's so quotable too about, you know, it's like, the yeah. pathway to many, how is it? Many find to be unnatural. How can I learn these powers? Um, and I got to say, like, like, how long was Palpatine planning this moment? Was he yes. waiting for this moment? Was he feeling this moment? Out? Yeah. Was, Did he have a speech planned in the, was he practicing in the bathroom mirror? Yeah. You know? And is he telling him, here is yeah. how my master and I made you. Yes. I made you to destroy everything you love. Which is another one of the great little wrinkles of the scene is it, is it, it brings into canon this, this fascinating character, which at the time... You know, you see it for the first time in the theater and you're kind of taking it all in. I think it was the second viewing when I kind of was like, oh, Palpatine's like, this is recent history. Yeah. Initially, it was like, oh, you know, I know there's some old Republic stuff I don't really follow as much as other people. Bane, play, oh, this must be one of those guys. I yeah. kind of did, I kind of moved past it. You know, uh, it was the second viewing when I was like, oh, oh, I get it now. And oh. so I love that this introduces this fantastic character that everyone's kind of obsessed with. Yeah. But up until now, this is the only thing really we can go off is Plagueis mentioned here yeah. the book as amazing it is all doesn't count now now it could be brought back in some form like they're doing with thrawn and and the the legend of darth plagueis Gawise could be could be tweaked and to fit the current storyline and i think it will at some point yeah um and i hope lucino gets another shot at doing it but i just love i love that moment i love the mention i love the lore this is when lore really kicks in for me and i yeah. do like it just as much as war 
Yeah. And in this whole scene, he sort of encapsulates what the Sith philosophy is, what the rule of two is, what the idea of just wanting more power and the structure of the apprentice is always going to try to kill the master. So it's like a short little master class if you want to go super nerdy on Star Wars of he's telling him what the Sith are, how they're structured, what they believe, all boiled into this list like, oh, by the way, helpful story. Yeah. It really brings into play the points of view. Yes. And if and if we're going to always make jokes and references to a certain point of view, and now that's in the Journal of the Will's journal, uh, um, like, uh, there's moments here when I, uh, I can kind of, there's moments throughout actually all of Sith, but there's moments where you, you listen to Palpatine, and I could kind of come out on the side of, yeah, the Jedi were the bad guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the great things about Sith yeah. is that, you can see why Anakin is legitimately frustrated mm-hmm. with the Jedi or feels like they haven't treated him well at all. Right. And I, this is one of the moments I think Hayden Christensen plays well, that he's parodying mm-hmm. what he has been taught to believe. Yeah. That the Jedi are selfless. Yeah. And Palpatine's like, that's just what you tell yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Y- you don't need to be like that. That's just a dumb point of view. And I was rewatching the Clone Wars... Um episodes of the citadel where anakin re- uh, rescues tarkin yeah and there's some great moments when they're talking and and tarkin says comes out and kind of says some stuff against the jedi and oh i'm sorry anakin i probably offended you and anakin's like no actually i can kind of see your point yeah and it's all about the jedi holding back too much that yeah. they could win the war if they were they could, fierce they could do and this vicious so yeah and i was watching that uh, just this morning and it was like oh that's that really ties into this. Anakin's already feeling that stuff, and, and that's why the turn, once you put it all together and all the canon content together and all the story together, he the turn isn't as fast as it seems. No, it's it, been building and building and building. It plays out fast for sure, but this and it all comes here in this moment. And, and the points of view, because, you know, there's there's a lot of things about points of view. Uh, Padme saying, eh, Anakin, if we ever thought we're on the wrong side. Yeah. Dooku, as we've talked about before in the last episode, uh, you know, essentially you know the first rebel if you kind of look at it from a, a certain, certain point angle. of view yeah yeah um so that and that really plays out here where you could see palpatine kind of like you're like okay yeah i'm listening yeah yeah what do you got what do you got old man yeah my my final thing like because i could go on and on about this scene but one of the things that i deeply love about it is it's mm-hmm. one of the more important scenes in all of star wars lore right. it is one of the better uh, written perform scene it is rich with lore it's just a great scene between two characters so it's got all this star wars depth and philosophy Mm -hmm. but star wars is always just a little bit weird and silly at the same time Mm -hmm. they are i looked this up to make sure uh because it's it's an it's often described as an opera house but it is a ballet they're seeing Mm -hmm. it's a mon calmary ballet and it is called squid lake (laughs) so while all of this intense amazing powerful Uh, stuff is happening Oh, they are watching Squid Lake. I did not know that till this moment in my life. I've lived <laughs> nearly forty-one years without this knowledge, and now you have it. Now I have it. That is our number two, and you're right. We could go on and on and on, and uh, it's a great scene, worthy of that discussion. But we're going to go with our number ones. As always, I want my guests to close out the show with their number one. So I'll start with my number one, and that is this brings, and this is stuff we've kind of already discussed whether it be in Star Wars Ranked or other discussions of the prequels, yeah. uh, but it really all ties together in here, much like Mace learning he's right until the bitter <laughs> end. Um, Palpatine's long trap kind of being set here and sprung here on, on all sides, not just with, with Vader, but with the, the Republic as well. But the number one for me is the life lesson of attachment. Mm. And it does go into this uh, area that we also just mentioned with the Plague scene where I can almost see why Anna can turn. Yeah. And it is a lesson of your attachment to people, to aspirations, and to your desires. Now, those in and of themselves aren't bad things. We should be maybe loyal and care about people on an individual and large basis. But, Joseph, I've learned in my life attachment 
to certain unhealthy people <laughs> yeah. or certain unhealthy notions can lead to your destruction. Um, uh, attachment to aspirations that can become so consuming that you lose yourself in it. That can be bad. This is deeper spiritual stuff. Yeah. And then attachment to your desires. Um, I do have kind of a spiritual upbringing. So there is something in the, the that of like uh, give yourself up to something bigger than you are, not your own desires, not your own plan. Right. And Anakin fell because he couldn't p- separate himself or step out of his own way uh, with his attachments to these these little childhood fears, uh, which that's where a lot of it sets in for us, you know? Yeah. And, and to me, what Lucas did do very well when you actually tell a story is when Vader falls, uh, Anakin falls and becomes Vader, in a weird way, that is this little eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid, Annie, still there falling. It's still him upset that he can't do anything about his mother, that he can't do anything about slavery, that he can't do anything about Sebulba. It seems kind of silly to say, but it plays out. It is that moment. Yeah. It is that character. And and the comics does uh, has, has had a chance to do, with the Vader comics specifically, with interesting flashbacks. And you have Anakin flashing back to Padme and, and events of the prequels in some of the comics. And again, because this st- stuff there, this is why Joseph and I want you to rewatch some of these movies because they're here to stay. Yeah. For good or bad. <laughs> and there is some bad. There's a lot of bad, but there's a lot of good too. And this story, uh, the story of Vader and, and, and the lesson of this deep-seated, sometimes unhealthy attachment. He loved Padme but couldn't let her go to the bitter end, to the point where it killed her and i've had to learn that too sometimes there's a power in letting go and an attachment can be a date because attachment is sometimes to me different than like i said up top loyalty yeah or just a different kind of love it's almost an obsession yeah and anakin was obsessed with these things to the bitter end where it nearly destroyed him and destroyed his family and destroyed the galaxy at large and it plays out in a big moral play here and it comes to head here in sith absolutely and i think in terms of rewatching it uh it is well told in like yoda tries to tell anakin to let things go and what yoda says seems kind of cold mm-hmm. so you can see from anakin's perspective like that's right not right. helpful advice i try to do the right thing i try to get the advice but then it, the, the movie really plays out it's not that he loves padme so selflessly he can't imagine something mm-hmm. happening to padme mm-hmm. he can't imagine losing her correct so it is about him and not about her and that becomes very key and interesting i think true yeah. of 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 real love it, you're, you're putting a fine point on what i'm trying to say and i appreciate it because that is kind of it where it's like yeah sometimes you just have to trust another person or trust that life's going to happen or have some faith and i and i you know i don't struggle from anxiety as much as other people do but you know, letting anxiety is fear of the future and anakin had some crazy anxiety <laughs> coming out in these dreams and you're right it was more about him because I bet if Padme said, guess what? You're a little weird. We're breaking up. It would it might have caused his falls just as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because he can't control him for his desires. And that's what I mean, attachment to your desires. I'm all about getting you what you want out of life and following your dreams and following your goals. But sometimes attachment to certain how you see it or how you want it, when sometimes it's about how it just should happen, that can lead to dark, depressing areas. It has for me. Yeah. Yeah, Yoda tells him that it begins with fear, and he is just afraid of losing. The other thing that I think is really important about Mm -hmm. your great attachment point is I think sometimes people can watch Revenge of the Sith and just say, oh, this is kind of depressing or weird or upsetting, but it is also just the first part of this story and how Anakin treats attachment and treats love of people in his life is uh, a part of the story that then gets told with Luke. Yeah. And that's... It makes the original trilogy more powerful mm-hmm. that Luke finds a way to be truly loving and say to Obi-Wan and Yoda, mm-hmm. who are just like, you should probably kill your pops. Yeah. They's, that Luke finds a way to make attachment be a positive. Right. Of like, Luke, uh, Luke says, Leia and Han support me. I yeah. need to support them. Right. Friendship matters. Friendship makes me more powerful. Mm. And, you know, I'm going to be selfless in my love of... of my father. Right. And Revenge of the Sith and all of Anakin's torture with attachment is the beginning of that story. Right. And it only makes the end of that story, I think, more powerful in offering an, an example of balancing mm-hmm. your love of others so it is it is truly balanced. It's not about you. Yeah. It's not all, all martyrdom about them. Yeah. But a true, like, give and take love. 
love, which is, yeah, the true, real, realistic nature of love versus yeah. just, uh, you know, our own uh, our own ideas of what it should be with a certain person getting in the way, too. So, yeah. so that's my number one. It, a- it is, it's bigger and it's out there and it's, you know, you have to kind of... You know, be beware of the force and all the things about it. It's a deep thing, but yeah. uh, I think it is there in Revenge of the Sith. I think it's there through the prequels as well, but it really, you feel it here. Yeah, that is a great number one. Your number one, though, sir. Is something that we already touched on briefly, mm-hmm. which is a certain point of view. Oh, yes. Yes. So, obviously, we've all uh, made jokes about Obi-Wan's loose relationship with the truth, uh, starting from Return of the Jedi, where we're introduced to the line, a certain point of view. Right. But this is the movie where it becomes an important theme in Star Wars, right. like you were talking about. It gets kind of played with in The Phantom Menace when Qui-Gon just says kind of offhandedly, like, remember, your focus determines your reality. Right. He's just telling Anakin that. Anakin's a confused kid. Like, <laughs> great. Thanks for the Hallmark card, <laughs> weird guy with the hair. What are midi-chlorians, yeah. sir? Yeah, what are in, in my focus? Det- oh. Okay. okay. I don't think that really hit home to Anakin, yeah. but we, yeah. the viewers, can see, like, well, your focus determines your reality is can another I, way to say it. Can I point pod race now? <laughs> I just really like it. Can I fly yeah. a ship? Can I make more necklaces for the girl who's older than me? Yeah, it's not where his mind was at. Yeah. The idea gets introduced, but, oh, man, do we drill down on it. You, you were sharing some great examples mm-hmm. in the the whole Darth Plagueis scene. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some certain point of view of, like, well, yeah. the Jedi look at it this way. Well, the Sith look at it this way. Well, they're right. both kind of full of crap uh, from a certain point of view. But it gets so locked in in those final moments with Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and Anakin mm-hmm. where uh, Anakin literally says, from my point of view, the Jedi yeah. are evil. And it is that moment where... Uh, Anakin has done horrible things yeah. at that point in the movie. You know, his eyes have turned unnaturally yellow. Yeah. He's evil. <laughs> He's gone. But in that moment where he says, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil, you're like, well, why? Yeah. Just because they rescued you and left your mom on a slavery planet to die when they could have easily done something, but they just <laughs> decided not to? Okay, when they encouraged love, but they made you hide your relationship with this person, and she's pregnant, and you kind of want the order to die so you can just have your kids in your life with your wife? Why? Like, so, I mean, it movie, the, yeah. the whole trilogy presents, like, you see the Jedi's perspective yeah. of they have an order, they have a system, they have a logic, they have a reason, they have concerns. Right. Uh, but then you see Anakin's perspective. And it, in that one line, it all kind of boils up in that uh, Obi-Wan uh, says, you know, well, you are truly lost. And I feel like... Um, in these in these moments in this movie where it crystallizes the certain point of view, mm-hmm. it it offers you both a positive and negative view of what from a certain point of view means. Right. Because on the one hand, it can just be used as bullshit. Yeah. To justify what you're doing. Sure. Because no matter how much you walk down like the logic of like, well, the empire is just really about order. Yeah. And well, you know, Palpatine actually was the legitimate government figure, and you did yeah. try to walk into his office and <laughs> kill him for resisting arrest. That's right. not really right. cool. Right. Uh, you can kind of justify the empire, but yeah. ultimately, by the majority of moral codes we have on humans, yeah. th- the empire is evil. Palpatine yes. is evil. Palpatine is evil. Anakin yeah. murders children and chokes his wife. Right. He is doing evil. Yeah. So on one side, his, from a certain point of view, is like, you, that's just the thing you were saying to yeah. justify yourself. But on the other hand, from a certain point of view is arguing, everybody does have a different point of view. Right. And if we could try to see things from more people's point of view, we can be more open and more empathetic and not as locked in. And that is obviously going to lead to more understanding. Right. So I feel like it, it floats this big theme that yeah. sounds kind of dumb and jokey from a certain point of view, yeah. and then also encourages you to think about it in multiple different ways. Right. And that to right. me is just, it's powerful. And, and a certain point of view, it, it's just become such a pop culture thing. We say it here every episode probably. Absolutely. I say it so much in my regular <laughs> life. But yeah, there, there's something really deep and big behind it, and it would make sense that, again, kind of Sith brings it all, and, and it's kind of the center of the trilogy in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, original trilogy fans. I am too. But it is a six-part story. And this is that emotional hook. So it makes sense that all these things should really kind of come up and be in the forefront in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Sith is deep, man. Absolutely. We just turned Sith into a very deep life lesson movie. Absolutely. I mean, you, it just, it, you can go, keep going down the rabbit hole. Uh, only Sith deal in absolutes is an absolute. <laughs> Was that a mistake? Or is that actually commentary Come. that Obi-Wan is so angry he doesn't understand that what he's saying is right. an, actually an absolute? <laughs> it's endless. Oh, It's endless. You had some close calls. What are some other close uh, call scenes, Joseph? Uh, just, uh, just Palpatine dialogue. He's got okay. some, of, some of my favorite lines that do it do it do it is great i am the said it yeah oh, so many great lines uh i think this one doesn't have some of the big goony humor that people mm-hmm. didn't like in yeah. phantom menace and you know attack the clones has the the c3po battle droid right head body switch there's nothing like that so yeah. if you're not into the goony humor no this is the prequel movie for you I also just like Utapau. I mean, Utapau is good. Yeah, it's a cool. The aliens got a cool design. I like yeah. sinkhole planets. <laughs> sinkhole planets. You're, you're a fan of sinkhole planets. I'm a fan of sinkhole planets. Yeah. yeah. So some some honorable mentions to throw out there. Absolutely, there is a lot there, and uh, that is our list. Our top five, really ten reasons. Well, nine this time around <laughs> of Star Wars ranked. And uh, look, uh, we we Joseph and I we do love those Star Wars prequels. Like we keep saying, we're proud prequelists, and we want you. We we appreciate you already folks if you've listened with an open eye and an open ear and an open heart and there's been some people that have tweeted to us hey i rewatched it again based on what you said and you know what i still don't like this i still don't like that but you're right about this and it's not about us being right no joseph and i just we like we like the gift of celebration in star wars yeah yeah just try to find the things that can bring you joy because it is star wars and it's not going anywhere so just yeah. you know try to see it from the most positive point of view <laughs> from our point of view and yours but uh, that is it that brings to close our three-part series here on star wars ranked of the top five reasons to rewatch the phantom menace attack the clones and here today revenge of the sith so you can do us a favor and uh spread the word and join the conversation you can follow uh, the podcast feed at force center pod use the hashtag star wars ranked tell us some of your favorite moments for uh revenge of the sith and uh in the prequel at large uh, and uh spread the word uh you know Get the word out here. There's yeah. other prequelists out there. Let's connect. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, these will have uh, inspired a little bit of uh, hope for the prequels. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we are on iTunes. You can subscribe, rate, and review there. We're trying to get those ratings of our podcast to the 150 number. So if you got a moment, you haven't already, do us a favor, review, and rate the podcast on iTunes. We're on Podomatic and Stitcher as well. We have a Facebook page. Like us there. You're going to get some exclusive Star Wars Celebration live feed coverage from uh, there. I'm not necessarily saying inside the panels. I'll be there for Star Wars Celebration. We're for Collider Video and, and Collider Jedi Council, but I'm going to also be using my time when I can to use the Facebook page to uh, stream some reactions to some of the stuff going on at Star Wars Celebration. You can follow me at Cadnapsock and Joseph, you can be followed. On all the social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, and follow along for any comedy adventures, live shows, and whatever. And I'm trying to be better at mentioning on these Star Wars podcasts that I have a Star Wars comedy album called Rebel Scum. It's got a lot of juicy jokes about a certain point of view. So you can find that on josephscrimshaw.com. Absolutely love it. That is it, guys. We've got some good Star Wars ranks lined up. John Roca came in the studios, and we have some uh, fun ones with him. He likes to get deep. And silly as well with Star Wars, so look for that soon. That is it for Joseph, for Padme, for Anakin, for Darth Plagueis the Wise, and of course, Jar Jar Binks. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.